0: Yo, good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, and every week, as you know, we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And, you know, we're getting into the new year, looking ahead, and my wife's like, all right, what can we do with the kids? Because they're all scattered abroad now. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a little bit more challenging this year, but uh, we'll figure out a way to do it. And uh, it's snowing like crazy, and we're all counting down the days to get the boat out, but, you know, that that is what it is. So, guys, I'm super excited. Um, I have as a guest today a gentleman that has been in my circle for a long time. We haven't really been close circles. We've just been in kind of those circles that bump against each other. Uh, his name is DJ Patterson. Welcome, DJ.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so DJ is a, an entrepreneur. He is a private detailer. He had a really big shop, and he scaled down to fit more of his lifestyle. And uh, he has a very strong, loving family.
1: You have, what, four kids? Yes, sir. Yep, four kids under 13. And you and your wife have been together how long? Oh, man, over half our lives. How about that?
0: <laughs> were, you, are, were you guys childhood sweethearts?
1: High uh, High school.
0: That oh man, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So so let's start there because not very often do we get to hear a high school sweetheart story.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, Hallie met in government class. Um, she approached me, <laughs> uh, and we just kind of hit it off for for quite some time, and things just kind of fell in line. <laughs> so that's it's been awesome. great ever since. Yeah.
0: So how long was it before you guys got married and then how long was it before um, you had
1: kids? Geez. So 2007 we met and our daughter was born in 12, 2012. Um, so yeah, we got, we did that whole kid thing pretty early. Um, definitely still has some growing up to do, um, but we just kind of really grew together uh, all throughout life. You know, we hit different, you know, uh, Phases in our lives, and we're able to kind of work through those communication gaps as things we kind of learned ourselves and each other, and things. You know, I'm 34 almost, so um, you know we've been together for a pretty long time. So it's been uh, communication has been the the biggest thing that's kind of kept us together this this long. Yeah,
0: I think what's what's cool about that is is a statement you said there. We grew together, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of marriages struggle. Or they've reached a struggling point because somewhere along the line they stopped growing together
1: yep that happens it happens so we've hit those places where it's like we're not communicating well whatsoever you know Um, we've done marriage counseling together and things just to really help us understand who we were because we we want to be together but it's like we're you know i'm changing she's changing she's been through some life traumatic situations I've been through some, you know, changes in life and so forth, but we've just always stayed in communication together um, because that's kind of what we vow to do. So
0: So let me ask you a question about that, because I don't think I've ever asked this question. But, you know, I think a lot of times men have an aversion to going to marriage counseling.
1: Oh, I did forever (laughs) for a long time. How come? I just me personally, I just didn't really want to indulge my personal life to some stranger that was going to judge me, you know, or um, they didn't know who I was and just really talk about my feelings and emotions that just didn't seem fun to me at all. I felt like I had it all together. You know, I don't need to talk to them about my my feelings and this and that, but it's not like that. It really helps you unpack different things and, and you get fresh perspective of, you know, just all kinds of things. So it really helps us just kind of moderate our marriage and communication. Um, you know, we hit some, you know, pretty tough spots in our life. And, you know, at one point I said, you know what, w- why not? Why not just try this thing out? Uh, that way will get off my back. I can say I tried, it didn't work, blah, 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 we'll move on. But it actually, I enjoyed it. Uh, we still go, mm. you, know? Um, you know, it's not as frequent any longer, but we still go. Um, it's part of our, you know, in our month, we actually go, you know, a couple times a, uh, a month. And it just helps us just brush up on communication things and where we're at. And it's, it's always helpful. It's never a waste of time. Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what what did you discover about
0: yourself through that process?
1: Mm, To be much more in touch with my emotions and feelings for sure. Um, I have a really hard outer shell. Um, so just really being in tune with, things and, and really learning about, honestly, trauma. Um, I've had a lot of traumas from a very, very, very early age in life that has affected me in my adult years. And you don't know that until you realize and understand what trauma is. And it's like, oh, crap, that that actually has affected me and how I make decisions and how I react to certain situations or how I raise my kids. And when you learn about those traumas and unpack them in your life, you can start to see that okay that's why i do things that way or have done things that way i can try a different approach to it now so really just discovering yourself you know
0: yeah i think one of the challenges with trauma is you know as i've worked with my kids who we adopted you know they they came with some very heavy trauma right and i think a lot of times trying to unpack that is it's really heart wrenching I mean, it's like you're ripping off a layer of your skin and it's really raw, but it needs to be shed so that you can get to the next layer. And, you know, it's, you know, my daughter and I had a really good discussion a couple podcasts back about how she had to let me in and how I had to let her in because she has a huge hole in her soul and in her heart in the shape of her dad right, who abandoned her when she was really young, right? And so a lot of times I became, I become the brunt of her frustration or hurt and stuff. And I've had to really, instead of going, you know what, this is hurt, this is hurtful. Why can't you see what I'm doing, that I'm trying to love you, that I'm committed, that I'm gonna stay here, and recognize that she's acting out of a place of hurt, and I have to somehow swallow my pride, <laughs> swallow my own hurt and try to become the strength that she needs to need, needs me to be while finding and building the strength of myself to go, you know what? It's not really you. Yes. There are things about you that are frustrating her and you're going to have to, to address so that you can become the dad that she needs. But I think a lot of times we, like you said we kind of underestimate the ripple effects of trauma across yeah. our life
1: so I, and 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 I'm shaking my head yes because I can relate like 100% i have not adopted but we fostered twin boys for 2 years and this was when my son was uh, my oldest son he's 9 now but he was 2 years old so we had my 2 year old son and my she had to have been 6 year old daughter anyways um, and we had had Signed up to do respite care and this and that. Well, we got a phone call. Hey, we have twin boys. Can we drop them off now? We're like, you know what? Sure. We'll take them for a few days, weeks. Well, that became two years. Mm. Um, They got dropped off. So they were raised with my oldest son from two years old to four years old. So I had triplet boys, essentially.
0: Um, But
1: that's where I learned about trauma a lot, because at first we're just like, why are you acting this way? Why are you so, you know, resistant to me? Or why are you this and this and that? And it was all trauma based. You know, we learned a lot about that, just like you were saying, so I can relate 100% because it it makes a huge difference uh, or an impact on our lives if we don't really deal with that trauma or don't know how to in a healthy way.
0: So let me ask you a question, because I didn't know that about you. And, and there are a lot of parallels with fostering kids and adopting. Yeah. And one of the things that, I, that I'm discovering more, especially looking back and having deeper conversations with my biological children, is that that trauma that they're bringing into your home ripples across all of the kids. Mm-hmm. So looking back, how did you balance that need to help the trauma of those two boys and also recognize all of a sudden your son in some ways has been traumatized and he's trying to figure out, all right, what happened to my dad? All of his attention's gone here. What about me? How did you discover that balance in the two years?
1: I don't, it, it it was, it was hard. Um, I think, if I'm looking back, I think my wife and I definitely tried to do our best to give each other time alone with, with him. So, um, whether it's like, okay, let's find a way for us to just be a family with just, you know, our kids and us, you know, how can we find a respite? So we had an actual couple that were going through the same situation. So we would do respite back and forth. We'd say, Hey, can you keep the twins for overnight? Uh, or for a day and we'll keep, they, she had like four or five kids. So when we, oh, wow. <laughs> when we helped, it was like, ah. <laughs> but it was worth it because we had that time together and um, we just, you know, yeah, that's really it. Is we try to get the one-on-one time as best as we could. Um, and that's as far as we can do. You know, we, we, we're really big with communicating to our kids. We're very open and transparent with our kids. So, you know, we, they knew the situation going into it, you know, being two, you don't know too much at all. Yeah. Um, but my daughter for sure understood, you know, everything that was going on and so forth. So it's just, it was just a matter of, again, just communicating, um, and just trying our best to, to balance it all because it wasn't easy at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that we did very similar to you is we recognize that our, all each one of the kids needed time with dad and they needed time with mom. So every month, Judy would take one of the kids out on a date. I would take one of the kids out on a date. And they got to choose what we were doing. We gave them a little budget and anything goes. If you want to go to the park, (laughs) subway, right, you know, anything. If you want to go on the boat with dad, dad will take you one-on-one on on the boat. And it was really cool because what I discovered in that process is that once I was one-on-one and they could just hone in focus on dad and them they would just start talking about stuff that that didn't seem important at the time but man as they delved into it all of a sudden it just started unpeeling and unpeeling, and it really created this great environment for us to connect with each one of the kids yeah that's good so one of the things that's really fun to watch, so you guys recently bought a huge homestead in Oklahoma. You know, you got your kids out there. They're working on the the farm a little bit. So on one hand, you got your kids helping on the property, but you also had a post earlier this week with you and your principal outfit or your teacher's <laughs> outfit because you guys are homeschooling. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, homeschooling their kids and giving that them that kind of environment, you know, with you and your wife. Because man, your wife's a huge
1: part of it. Yeah, she is, for sure, for sure. Um, we just have been talking over the years about we really wanted to just be live a sustainable life. We've always wanted to do that, um, and we are dreamed about it, thought about it, looked at property, went and you know looked at properties here and there, and it's just it was just talk. And I think one thing clicked, we're just like, you know what, let's just let's just do it. Let's just do it and see what happens. Um, so we just started making the different moves to, you know, hopefully close on this house and property and this and that. And um, we just did it <laughs> we, with very, very little knowledge of, of, of farming, with very little knowledge of homesteading. We've been on YouTube daily. We've been reading books. We've been doing that. And it's just one of those things where like, why not just jump and, and do this? Because we really want to not only have a sustainable life and create our own food and this and that, but just be together. You know, we've, I've worked too hard for 13 years to grow a business and to be successful and all these things to just continue just working. You know, it's just, it's a yeah. lot of working, 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 and working, working, why not? You know, why can't I, you know, close my shop? Why can't I just work a couple of days a week and also do other things that bring in revenue? Um, and that's what we wanted to do. It's like, also, why not bring our kids home? Why let the system teach our kids? And it's just personal. You know, people, yeah. send your kids to school, so be it. Nothing wrong with that. But personally with us, we're like, why not teach our own kids and teach them godly principles as well and, and the things that we want to teach them in Lend life. So, yeah, we bought pretty much uh, roughly 20 acres. We're literally about to start getting some livestock here soon. Um, don't know don't know how that works Even besides <laughs> learn them books, but it's like, why not? jump you know 13 years ago i was um working at a uh, car washing and detail shop and i said i'm going to start a mobile detailing business i had no idea how to run a business i had a 1999 ford contour and i said screw it let me just let me just quit my job and go run this business and it ended up being the largest company in the state of oklahoma for a very long time at our peak and it's like i'm just need another challenge again like why not and this this challenge is a good one it does nothing but benefit our family it benefits other people Um, and it's just a life that we get to control, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, the, it, my wife, we kind of had a similar thing. We didn't go by 20 acres. Right. But I remember, you know, when our kids were younger, Judy came to me, she goes, I just really feel like we should homeschool our kids. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, really? You want to do that? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all in for anything. I'm kind of like, you. well, <laughs> that's right. an idea. Let's sleep. Right. And, we had such unique opportunities with the kids because like we would every year we would say, all right, you, of course, you got to learn the, the basics. Right. Reading, ri- writing, math, all that stuff. Right. English, history. But we would always say, all right, what is one thing that you would like to learn? Mm-hmm. Right. So the kids said we'd like to learn how to cook one year was they wanted to learn. So Judy's in there doing fractions with them while they're learning how to bake a quarter yep. and a half and a, a whole, right? I'm like, how did you turn math into cooking? Right? right. My wife got really creative about that. And then when, then another year, my son, my oldest son, Devin's like, I'd like to learn about diving. So part of our curriculum was we went and got him dive certified and we learned about what happens to the body. Is mm-hmm. it decompress Your lungs decompress as you go, go deeper and deeper in there. And what happens as you come up. I mean, you could pop those lungs like a balloon if you come up so fast. So there are so many like wow. real world applications yeah. of a kid's interest. It's like, I'd really like to learn about this. And and the it almost became like every single aspect of our life became an opportunity for not only the kids to learn but mom and dad to learn.
1: Mhm. So are you still homeschooling?
0: Well, we so what it's kind of funny that yes, that. So all of my kids actually have all graduated from okay. high school. But we homeschooled all the way up to the first year of us adopting kids. So that first year of adopting kids, the the kids went to school but we kept the two adopted kids home our two kids from Haiti and we really recognized that they needed some one-on-one time to connect with our family to connect with Judy and I to learn English i mean i in preparation for our kids coming to america i taught myself haitian creole oh wow my and wife
1: so, was from was born in Haiti
0: Oh, cool. So (laughs) when they came, I had enough Creole to have this nice bridge. I mean, I could have basic communication and I'm so grateful that I did that because not only did it create a a communication avenue, it created a connection avenue. Mm -hmm. And then as we were going through the process, you know, there were some health concerns that we had to go to the local hospital because of the CDC requirements. And I was able to at least communicate what was going to happen. And I can't even imagine what that would have been like if I didn't have any of the language.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so we spent that whole year, you know, with the two kids that we'd adopted in our home. Judy and I spent a lot of time with them. And it also created a bridge for when the kids came home. The kids had an opportunity to, you know, experience school and their friends but also come and try to connect this family so we spent a lot of time the first couple years really trying to blend our families and that second year we sent all of the kids to school and our charter school was really phenomenal that for those first two years with the kids they were very patient with them very deliberate helping them work through the the language learning as well as trying to do the typical stuff that goes in school so yeah, it's so we've been in both environments where we've homeschooled and we've had our kids mainly in high school um, in in the public school system. So, awesome. Yeah, you know it's uh it's been an experience, right? It's yeah. um trying to blend families, try to heal hearts that have been broken because of you know the things that happened in Haiti and being put into the orphanage. You now trying to. Learn and appreciate and really love a different culture, right? I've always told my kids, I tell them all the time, if you want to go back to Haiti, mom and dad will go back with you. You're welcome to do that. And so we've tried to really have an open dialogue and be very respectful of of that and very appreciative of that and make that part of our life. I mean, when you go in my living room, I have this vacation. Um, painting that i bought when we were in haiti that i absolutely love and it's funny because i have these little haitian masks on each side of our couch i have four of them and a couple months ago my daughter's like hey let's uh let's paint together as a family and i'm like okay she bought these little eight by eleven canvases and bought, bought the little paints and so me judy Ashton and Cynthia, those are our two adopted kids. We sat around in our kitchen and we painted, right? And we put them up on the, just on the balcony and stuff. And then the next day I come home and two of the pictures were taken off the wall and their two pictures were placed on the living room. And Cynthia did that. And I've left them there, right? Because yep. I want them to feel right. that they're loved, yep. that they're appreciated. And they're actually pretty fun pictures. One's a big splot and then another's kind of a design, but, <laughs> It's fun. You know, you, you got to do that. So, so as you've, I mean, you have four kids. What has been probably the most surprising thing about being a dad for you?
1: The most surprising thing. Mm. Oh, that's a tough one, I guess. Um, wouldn't say surprising, but the ability to be selfless, you know, Um, just really put my needs on the back burner and really focus, hyper-focus on each kid as their own individual self, Um, because not every one of my kids are the same at all. They're all opposites in every one which direction. So um, that's really been really cool, just learning about them, especially as they get older, hit different milestones and things like that. Um, and just really having the ability to you know just get to know them and, and their individual selves, you know.
0: Yeah, and you're at fun ages because you're three to thirteen.
1: Yeah, so 13 uh, is my daughter and my only only girl Then my other my boys are nine uh, four and two. so that's, so
0: so does your 13 year old still like you?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get um, ready for that
0: to change. <laughs> she's definitely, uh,
1: definitely a mom's girl right now. That's for sure. She loves, she loves me to death, but like she prefers mom right now. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's okay. Right? Yeah. that's. I think that sometimes you know Judy and I have had that discussion. Sometimes, like she'll say, "Well, how come she always talks to you?" I'm like, "Well, he always talks to you," and that's okay. Right, it's okay to to have your kids move in and out, and maybe need mom more for sure and dad for a season, and vice versa. And and sometimes you just connect a little differently, right? I can say things in a way that the kids will shut down. My wife may say the exact same thing, slightly worded oh, different, and maybe right. if I'm honest, a little bit more loving.
1: For sure, I would agree. And they just receive it. <laughs> That's me for sure. I, uh, I could definitely be with more love sometimes and patience is something that I don't pray for because, you know, when you pray for things, it's like you get tested like right in and there. It's like, I'm not praying for patience.
0: <laughs> that is the only gift I do not pray for. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I used to pray for that. And then I'm like, what the uh-huh. heck? It's like, yep. Every if, if I guarantee you, if you pray for pra- patience, you're, you're going to get a big. big
1: trial. <laughs> yeah. For sure. We're learning that we, we, with the homeschool thing, it's cool because we can teach our kids whatever the heck we want to. And, and one thing we're doing with them is the fruit of the spirit. So every week we'll have like a different fruit of the spirit we're teaching them. So we haven't made it to that one yet.
0: <laughs> I, I love that. Right. And that is one of the blessings of homeschooling. Yeah. Is you can take all of the necessary curriculum for people to move in and out of this world, to be successful, to pursue careers and dreams. But you can also incorporate the most important lessons. Right. The lessons of the spirit, the lessons of the relationship of your family, the relationship with God. And when you can give your kids that foundation, it it empowers them in a level that, that I, I just mind boggled how people are able to move through life without that kind of foundation they're very a lot of people are successful at it but i just i don't understand how you because i'm so grateful that i had that foundation as a kid and i've tried really hard to give my kids that foundation
1: yeah I was the opposite i didn't have that foundation at all so i had to to find that experience it myself you know so yeah so can can
0: can we talk about that for a second right so not having that foundation, Mm -hmm. how did you figure out what kind of dad you wanted to be? And how did you achieve that?
1: Um, I love my dad to death for sure. We're like best friends, but I just didn't want to do some of the things that, that he did, you know, or, or, Um, I just really, how do I say this? Um, yeah, I just, and my dad told me the same thing. He's like, I want you to be a better father than I was, essentially. I want you to be better than me. You know, that's something he always said when I grew up. Is like, I want you to be better than I am. Well, I I lived, that's what I've tried to achieve in my own fatherhood is being better than, you know, that, than things the, the way he was. So I just wanted to be the best father I possibly could. Um, you know, there were certain things that that I grew up, you know, experiencing and seeing in my household that I just didn't want any part of in my own household, you know, and that's just how I had to to, to do things, you know.
0: So I, I'm going to interpret here so sure. and you can expound as you want. I think a lot of times men have we've grown up in a family situation that maybe is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Right. And. There is a very strong connection with your father, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily at the time liked your father or you liked what was happening in your family. And I think a lot of, especially as I've talked to men over the years, a lot of them are trying to figure out how to either break the cycle or they're trying to become something that they wished that they would have had.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah, it's one of our things in my wife's life, too. We want to break generational curses because there's a lot of things and substances and behaviors that our parents, both our parents did uh, directly or indirectly to us that shaped us. And that's part of that trauma I talked about earlier on. And I just can't allow myself to to go there and do those things because I know what it did to me. Um, and I'm sure as a parent, I'm going to do things that might cause trouble to my kids or things that, that they might not like, but I hope that they're better than I am one day and do things even differently. So just continuing to, to break that generational, those generational curses and habits and behaviors and things like that. So, yeah.
0: No, that's good, man. And it's, you know, we're all learning, right? My yeah, dad used to sure. say that all the time. He said, he used to say a couple things that always really struck me. He'd always said, you will never realize How much I love you until you have your own kids.
1: And that's true.
0: (laughs) And boy, that is so true. Right. And like you, my dad always said, I hope you become a better father than I am. Yep. Because I want you to build on those things that are good in me. Mm
1: -hmm. But if
0: there's something that you don't like in me, I want you to not have that in your life. Right. And and I appreciated his candor and his openness. I mean, that's one of the things that I I was really blessed with. My dad was very open um, and he was very involved. He's always very present, right? And I remember very distinctly one night, man, he, us kids must have just had it out for each other for, I mean, and he exploded. I mean, he just lost his school. Nobody was hit. No, I mean, he just verbally exploded. He was mad, ran out the, walked out the door and slammed the, the door and he was gone for hours, right? And later that night, you know, I'm, I'm in my bed and it's late. I haven't been able to sleep. I'm hurt. I'm crying. I'm afraid, right? All all those emotions that go through your go, you know, what did I do? What didn't I do? And you start looking at yourself and I'll never forget. My dad peeped open the door, saw if I was open awake and I kind of, kind of looked and then kind of rolled back over and he came down and he sat by the bed and um, he said, son, I want you to know that I'm sorry he goes, I was not the dad that you deserve tonight. And I want to ask your forgiveness, but also I want to promise you that I'll do better. And it was such a beautiful, tender moment, right? It still sits in my heart, right? I still feel, you know, his absolute desire to be a better father and to recognize that at that moment, he was not the father that he wanted to be, but he was working towards being the father that he dreamed of and that he thought I deserved. That's good. And I think that's important, right? All of us dads have to figure that out. I mean, you're going to have the things that are going to probably create a little bit of trauma in your kids. I'm I'm sure I've done some things that have created a little bit of trauma in their kids and my kids. And it's really about growth, right? It's about becoming the father that your kids deserve, but also the father that our heavenly father sees that we can become who our wife hopes that we'll become who she sees in us already. And she's, Gently nudging if she if your wife's like mine going you know what she could probably be a little better there you <laughs> yeah, be a it's, little it's
1: kinder <laughs> frustrating time mean, to hear those things in the moment especially but it's always true you know um, you know my thing is you know I have all kinds of whatever habits bad things you know I've got a bad mouth here and there but if I feel like if I've got foundation of my life as a man is 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 with God you know and I have faith and that's my foundation then everything else is going to trickle down. Uh, with that. So as long as I have a strong foundation, then I, I feel like I'll be uh, rooted enough to make, you know, good decisions and thought processes and, you know, all kinds of things there. So that's kind of my, what I'm striving to do is keep the God the center. Um, I'm not over, overly religious by any means at all, but just keeping God the center is really going to keep me focused in life because as a man, there's just so many different distractions on in all kinds of areas in your life. So, yeah,
0: no, that's cool. So kind of in wrap up here, if you were to give one or two things of advice to another dad what what would those things be
1: mm. uh to father specifically is one would be definitely put yourself first I mean you know if you're not a believer, that so be it, but you've got to find time for yourself, you know, I like to put God first and put myself first, then my wife then my kids in that order because if you're not filled up as a man, it's really hard to pour out to anyone else. So if your cup's only 50%, you really can't give much, you know? So if you're always at 100%, you know, I'm I'm, I'm big into fitness. So I like to get up early in the mornings, like to work out. Um, I have to change my routine lately since I've moved and all kinds of things. So I'm not the 4 a.m. anymore at the gym because the gym is pretty far from my house right now. But um, what I've noticed as a man is when I put myself first and I'm filled up myself, I can pour out 100% to anyone else, all my obligations, my wife, my kids, whatever. But if I don't do that and I wake up and I start putting everyone else's needs first, I literally cannot perform well as a father that day. Um, so it's, you, you kind of have to be selfish before you can be selfless. That's definitely something that I stand firm on right there. Um, and then the second thing is to be present. You know, um, there's so many different distractions and so forth. So you, you just have to be present with any obligation so your wife uh your kids whatever it is you're doing you've got to be present because you know that time there's times i go to sleep sometimes i'm like man i wasn't present at all today like i wasted a whole day on my phone where i was doing this or i was like oh yeah, son, sure one second like and you think back and you're like crap like how did that look in his shoes or her shoes when i was like oh hold on one second you know i i lost the day there so uh, definitely put yourself first and definitely be completely present with, with your obligations.
0: That's good. I, I love both of those, right? Cause I'm big into fitness too. I mean, you see Judy and I working out yeah, yes, every day doing. together <laughs> sure. and it's, and and I appreciate that. Right. Because if you don't pour into yourself a little bit, if you don't reserve some time, protect yeah. the time yeah. for you, you can't pour into other people. And I, I really, really appreciate that. Well, I, yeah. I want to thank you for joining me and, and sharing a little bit of your story, a little bit of your experience, um, guys. If you don't know DJ Patterson, he's really open. He's a super nice guy. He's on Facebook. Uh, he's on Instagram. If you see him on Instagram, he's always pumping iron, man. He's <laughs> like God beast mode, there, man. Oh, so yeah.
1: I share a lot of I share my whole life story on Instagram. So there's nothing I don't talk about on there.
0: Yeah, you and me are the same, right? It's like, you know, it's funny because a lot of people say, well, it's just the highlight reel. Not When I watch you, I know it's your life, right? (laughs) Because it's the same as me. I'm going to go, are you? The good, the bad, the ugly. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? If I can't be honest with who I am, the good and the bad, I mean, how can I ever have an impact on somebody's life? Because, dude, I'm not perfect. And the whole purpose of this podcast is... (laughs) <laughs> to ignite the fire within us to be better husbands to be better men to be better dads uh, because man when we're those things we our impact ripples across generations for sure it does so well, well I, thank you so
1: much
0: yep yeah thank you so much and uh you guys that are tuning in um thank you guys for joining me uh don't forget to check out my book it's done on amazon and barnes and Noble learning to dance with the currents of life when you feel like you're drowning. And guess what? I'm almost done with my second book and it's all about faith. I'm really, really excited about this one. It's about two years in the making and I'm close to getting it done. I have a goal to have it released by Father's Day. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, guys, please remember, like, share, and subscribe. We'll check you same time, same bad channel just next week right here on Father's Fire. See ya!